your Locked On Canadiens, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 442 of Locked On Canadians. And if you love our show, we want you to check out our top 50 NHL players rankings. So you can find out how we rank these players on the Locked On NHL podcast. Joe DiBiase, Mike DiStefano, and Rachel Donner reveal the top 50 players as voted by our local experts across the Locked On NHL network of podcasts. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your shows and on YouTube as well. Turn on your notifications so you are getting all of these new videos for yourself. And this week was episodes uh, 40 through 31 or 30 through 21. I'm not 100% sure on the release dates, but coming up uh, through Labor Day week, it will be 30 through 21. I am reading the schedule correctly here, Laura. I'm not crazy. So please check that out. As always, I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Matla, and I am joined as always by the active stick, Laura Saba. And Laura, it is mailbag day. We have 10 million Yasperi Kotkaniemi questions. How are we doing today? Not surprisingly, we do have a lot of questions about Kotkaniemi and the offer sheet, but one of our old friends, Cole, who was quiet for a while, has resurfaced, and we're so grateful because he, he asked us some pretty compelling questions that weren't about the Kotkaniemi offer sheet, and we also have a couple of questions at the end that are kind of uh, uh, fun as well. You know, our, our, our third segment is our favorite. I do want to say, though, the one question there right now, I'm unable to answer, and we did kind of get called on it, although I feel like it was kind of an unfair way to put it, but uh, we don't know why would Carolina do this, right? Like we can't answer the question, why did they do this? There's a lot of reasons they they could have done this uh, other than revenge, obviously. But like the question of, does this make sense for Carolina? And here's the thing, we have lined up a guest who will be able to give us that answer for next week once that is all confirmed recorded then we'll announce who it is because as you know i don't want to promise that people something and then have them be disappointed so next week we will be able to answer that question why did the carolina hurricanes do this but other than that we've got a ton of questions so shall i start working shall i start working my way through them scott and you are on the hot seat this time Yes. And as always, if you want to send us questions, we are at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter, or you can email us at lockdowncanadians at gmail.com. Laura, what's in the mailbag this week? So our friend Jim asks us of the whole offer sheet situation, what is the funniest outcome? And I mean, like unrealistic thing that could possibly happen that is unexpected and throw that could be unexpected and throw some additional comedy into this. Either team matches and Kotkaniemi is instantly suspended for the entire season for stealing llamas or something like that. <laughs> like something where either team, you know, has that contract and then Kotkaniemi cannot play due to not injury. Like something just way outside of these teams control is the most chaotic and funny outcome out of all of this. <laughs> Since we can't get enough caught canyaming, we've got a question from Jeffers84. Is the KK offer sheet a joke? 
for real or both? And he has Jareel for, for a joke and for real. What do you it, think? It's Jareel. Like, clearly the <laughs> Hurricanes took this as a haha. look at how funny and edgy we are. And everyone else is just kind of like, what? It, it goes back to when we talked about he. they're giving him so much money above what he's actually worth on the open market that you can't help but look at it and go, this doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So like it, it it's a joke, but it's a very real joke that costs $6.1 million right now. <laughs> right. And as we said, we're going to talk about this next week, but uh, you know, a, a two second or third line center, two or three C caught would fit on the Carolina hurricanes, but that $6.1 million is what adds the ja to the, to the for real part. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and so we've got a series of questions from Jeff the Red about Kotkaniemi. What effect, if any, will the KK offer sheet have on offer sheets in general in the NHL? Well, if Mark Bergevin offer sheeting Sebastian Ajo to a very, you know, understandable contract didn't spur anything, uh, nothing. Quite frankly, abs- absolutely nothing will happen. Uh, Elias Pettersson's just sitting there unsigned. Like guys like Anthony Beauvillier were out there. There were plenty of opportunities, and the only one we got was the Carolina Hurricanes crap posting on Twitter to a $6.1 million contract. Like, (laughs) nothing will change because the NHL is boring and no one wants to offend their friends. And in our last episode, which was a crossover with the Locked on Hurricanes podcast, uh, I alluded to uh, an article on The Athletic. I did go back and check. It was the Sean Gentile mailbag. And there was a suggestion for offer sheets in there that I think people should check out. I think it's interesting to talk to check out and talk about. And maybe we will invite one or both Sean's to, to uh, talk about that once all of this is over and people can stop saying the word Kotkaniemi. We've got a couple more questions from Jeff the Red about Kotkaniemi before we can move on to other stuff. Uh, if KK goes to Carolina, which feasible or rumored move to replace him would you most like the Habs to make? Uh, at this point, now knowing that Thomas Hurdle is an option, uh, yeah, that is that is kind of the one that I would like the most. Um, Christian Dvorak does seem pretty likely. Mark Bergman is going to come out of left field with something. I don't know what that something is. It might be Brady Kachuk. It might be nothing. I... <laughs> it's impossible to know what is going on inside his head right now. I, it really does feel like that Dvorak is going to be the option though. It's just been mentioned far too many times at this point. Right. And obviously as many people have said, like Jack Eichel is the ultimate prize. A lot of teams are going to be after him. There's not really an extreme likelihood that the Canadians end up with him. It would make sense for them because they do need elite talent out of all the options. Thomas Hurdle seems to be the best caliber player. Uh, but uh, when you said Brady Kachuk, I know it's not a thing. I know the Ottawa senators would not part with him. but wouldn't that be so funny if he ended up in Montreal? It, it would one infuriate the senators fan base who would then have to say how terrible he is after telling Habs fans how good he is for the last three years. It would infuriate a part of the Habs fan base who hate Brady Kachuk because he was a senator and he was like a goon. And it would also make a good portion of the Habs fan base happy who wanted Brady Kachuk in the first place. Like (laughs) it it is a weird amalgamation of every single possible outcome. (laughs) 
So I, we've got two more KK questions. Shall we wait until the next segment or can we fit them in in this one? Uh, let's wait till the next segment and we will get to more of your Yesperi Kotkaniemi questions and all of the other ones in our Friday mailbag coming up next. But first, it's that time of year again and all eyes are turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get updated on the odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest. Open now at Bet Online. Head to the website and use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. And be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo, where all you have to do is make a bet on Thursday, September 9th, the season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again, and the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV stream you can learn more at directtv.com that's directtv.com compatible device required content varies by package so we are back with all of your mailbag questions as always at lo underscore canadians on twitter to send us questions for every friday episode laura what kind of insanity still awaits us in the mailbag well we still have a couple of kk questions one is from randy hansen uh, and it is, uh, who gets KK's ice time and why should it be Paley? I, hmm. Well, it depends. If they get another center, a Pedersen, a Dvorak, a Hurdle, um, whomever, KK's ice time is going to one of them because they're established NHL <laughs> players. So, like... Um, That's the thing I should not have said. Ryan Paling is a good player. He's just not there yet. Yes, I, here's the thing is, I am all for Ryan Palin getting a shot to earn his ice time. I, I think that's an entirely fair concept. It, it, it just, if they get an established NHL player, it, it, they're getting the ice time. There's no way around it. And one final question, which we will ask our guests as well <laughs> next week. Do you think Hurricanes owner Tom Dundon would chop off his nose to spite his face? Wouldn't be the first time. So yes, I a hundred percent do if it would save him money or would get the hurricanes likes on Twitter. 
it's it, he's an interesting character that guy and uh like i i, I guess uh we're gonna learn a little bit more about him next week but in the meantime, we can pivot to other questions. We're going to get one unpleasant one out of the way, and then we're going to get into other Habs questions. Our friend Bo asks us, my you, will Habs put him on the NHL roster since the OHL says no? No. Nope. So, uh, I, yeah, I no. There's, there's absolutely no way. No. Um, After everything that happened this summer, and they said they weren't inviting him to camp and all of that, and while we have doubts as to their motives, I don't think that there's any way that we're going to see Logan Mayu on the NHL roster close to the NHL team this entire season. I think they're hoping that we'll forget by next offseason. And, and for those who are unaware, who might have missed the news, Logan Mayu was suspended indefinitely by the OHL for his crimes in Sweden last year. He can apply for reinstatement on January 1st, 2022, and the OHL does not have to approve that. Am I assuming they will because this is hockey? Yes, but he shouldn't get an NHL spot. He shouldn't get an AHL spot. The Canadians now have to live in this mess that they put themselves in. Like you had, they had to have known this was going to be a thing. And to be quite honest, like it blowing up in their face is exactly what they deserve. At least someone's actually finally punishing him for something that he did. And we're just going to, leave that as it is and get into the rest of our questions now. And we've got a question from Hab Warrior. What do you think Ben Sherratt's next contract will look like? He's a UFA at season's end. Do you think the Habs will sign him? And and Hab Warrior has some nice words for us. So I want to say I appreciate you listening so much. It, it, it's, it's, it's a difficult situation because Ben Sherratt is what this team wanted on defense And at the same time, there's so many young pieces coming up that eventually you have to let some of the older pieces go. I do think Ben Schrott will be sought after in free agency. I think a team like Edmonton, who perpetually looks for big physical defensemen who can't do much else, will be in there. A team like the Bruins would be perfect for Ben Schrott, who loved that physicality. His next deal will probably be like two years roughly the same AAV. He hasn't earned a raise. I don't think, do I think he's been better than expected? Yes, but I don't think he's earned at least a big raise off of what he's at right now, but I'm not an NHL GM who gets brain worms on July 1st. So uh, my opinion might not matter (laughs) that much. (laughs) Uh, We do have um, a a topic suggestion from our friend Zachary, and we're going to get into that actually next, next week because uh, I really appreciate this it's like it could be entire episodes or entire segments so we're going to move on to our next question from today I just want to make sure Zach knows that we are not ignoring the question Uh, our friend Cole who as I said has resurfaced and uh, we're very grateful to him has also some questions that are very food for thought Uh, in an alternate universe where the Habs do not make the playoffs can you give a quick rundown of what you think that would look like I'll start Bergevin is no longer GM. I, I won. Yes. Um, if the Habs didn't make the playoffs this year, they would have probably torched everything from top to bottom. The only coaches who might still be here would be potentially Joel Bouchard and his staff. And that's it. Everyone else would be out. Uh, Bergevin would be out. Uh, I assume his staff would probably be out, save for maybe Trevor Timmons, who might have taken over as GM. But uh, top to bottom, they would be 
gone. Not making the playoffs after spending to the cap, getting Josh Anderson to Foley, Joel Edmondson, and all Jake Allen, all that money they spent. Uh, it, it's like we said, going into the playoffs, and they lost in round one the way they did. This entire offseason is different. And another thing, they wouldn't have been picking, what, 31st overall. They probably wouldn't have made the draft choice that they did. Probably would have changed the look of their draft, too. Um, it's a very interesting thing that I wish we could see, like, that alternate timeline, like Dr. Strange it basically, and be like, here's what it would look like if X, Y, and Z, and see what it looks like. But at the very minimum, Mark Bergman and this coaching staff is very, very fired. <laughs> And given that Shea Weber's injury started in the regular season, there would have been a possibility that the same thing would have happened is that, you know, he would have been like, I can't go on any longer. There's no way to know if uh, playing in the playoffs exacerbate, exacerbated it because, well, I mean, I'm sure it did. I just mean that the injuries were pre-existing and he was already playing through them for quite some time over the course of the last few years. So we don't know, would he still be here? Would he still be the captain? Would the Canadians have that cap space? Would they have traded somebody who's a big face uh, of the team or allowed them to walk? Maybe Philippe Denner would have re-signed instead of the other way around. Uh, you know, this un- like the feeling might have been different. The sentiment might have been different with a new GM, a uh, new management in place. I also don't know if, uh, you know, the Cole Caulfield, he only played a couple of, couple of games in the playoffs. So, you know, that whole him getting the attention and and the and it's deserved right he played really well would that have happened either like there are a lot of things that would have been very very different and so I feel like the Canadians would be back into a rebuild mode at that point like with with Bergevin and his staff gone that they would have been back to the drawing board and they would have started to rebuild the team not from scratch, but around the players that they now had. Uh, In the meantime, Scott, I do think that we are going to move on to the next segment, right? Yep. Uh, We have all of your final mailbag questions and the nemesis question of the week coming up next. But first, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. And why endure the intimidating, is your Odyssey this model, this model, and you don't know the answer? It's, quite frankly, it's frustrating, it's dumb, and you don't have to waste your time doing that anymore. You can access rockauto.com at home on your laptop or from your pocket on your cell phone, and you can save time and money. You can, why choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts at a chain store when you can get them online through Rock Auto. It's a family business and they've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. They have everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpets. And honestly, go explore their website. It's easy. You can look it up by make, model, year to find whatever you're looking for for your car. And when you go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right locked on in there, how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, so everyone who has tuned into this show knows that Laura and I absolutely love Built Bar. They have so many incredible flavors, coconut, cherry barcia, double chocolate, salted caramel, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. Obviously, I love German chocolate. I love any of the chocolate flavors. It is one of my favorites. I eat them on the way to work, eat them when we're going hiking. And if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you get two of each of the nine flavors available. 
And not only is Built Bar amazingly tasty, they're healthy too. They have 17 to 18 grams of protein, low calories, low sugar, and they have low carbs too. They're everything you're looking for in your protein bar without all the nasty, overly chewy flavors that you had. You know the, you know what I'm talking about when it comes to protein bars. So if you order today and get the grasshopper cookie or raspberry or whatever you like, just trust me, you're going to want to do this. And Built Bar is also the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team, which everyone who watched the Olympics knows how awesome the track and field team is. So go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. So that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. We are back. It is our final segment of Mailbag Questions. As always, if you want to send us mailbag questions at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter, LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. Laura, what's left in the mailbag? So we've got some more questions from Cole. And I'm going to go on the record and I'm going to say that I'm not answering this one. I'm sure it'll come and bite me in the butt next week. Start one and bench one. Caulfield, Suzuki, Petrie. Who you got? So hold on. It was start one, bench one, cut one. Trade one. Trade. Oh, God. Caulfield, Suzuki. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Why don't you just ask me to pick which one of my pets I love the most? Like, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> which one uh, of your pets do you love the most? I I don't know if Carly's downstairs, so I'm not answering that. Uh, she's, she's, she's downstairs. <laughs> I'm not answering that question on air right now. Um, <laughs> oh, God. I'm starting Suzuki. I'm going to bench Caulfield and I'm going to trade Petrie. And I hate every single part of this question so much. Oh man. I just know someone's going to ask me this next week because I refuse to answer it this time. Oh, 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 sure. You can avoid the score. Ian's going to yell at me for this. Like he's going to totally yell at me for this now. (laughs) Well, you don't know that I'm not going to get yelled at the next time. All right. We've got another question from Colt. Who's our dark horse for the regular season? My prediction is Jake Evans. I feel like he's going to be a utility to fill the Deno void and really shine. Well, I I did say like Kotkaniemi a few weeks ago, and that blew up (laughs) in my face. So it's not going to be a dark horse anymore. eh? Yeah, I I don't think I can say it's Kotkaniemi anymore, and I'm afraid to say anyone else for fear that they might get offer sheeted or traded. (laughs) Like, um. My thought is going to be, I'm going to go with Ryan Paling, actually, because we talked about it in the last segment. I do think he has, uh, he has the inside track to make a huge impact right now, I think. I'm going to guess Norlinder. We don't even know if he's coming over yet, but that's, that's, that's going to be my guess. All right. And, what? And... I was going to say, that's not a bad guess. If he makes the team, hell yeah, I'm all about it. For the power play skill alone, I think Norlinder could be a huge dark horse if he makes the team. Awesome. And this is a really good one, okay? How many battle wounds does our warrior Gallagher acquire this season specifically on the face? One guess each. If one of you guesses right, I'll donate $100 per mark to a charity of your choice to a cap of $500. So we can guess more than $500, but we have to get it right. So how many new cuts are there going to be on Brendan Gallagher's face at the end of whenever the season ends? So I was 
I was originally going to make a joke and just say 69 because duh. And then the charity part hit and I decided that's a really <laughs> bad idea to do. So um, are we counting cuts like bloody lips and stuff too? Or do they have to be on like the cheek forehead across the bridge of the nose kind of thing? He just says scratch or cut. 17. Okay. So we have to like keep a running tally about of every cut that he gets during the year. I'm, I'm and, gonna. I'm going with 17. I think it's enough that he'll get beat up. But yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. Yeah, I feel. I feel very confident about my random guess here. Okay, I'm gonna go with 12. 12 and uh, 17. All right. Yes, that's a nice round number. So we've got our like off the rails kind of questions now. All right. Which uh, I have to say, in the off season, is my favorite part of the part of the show is because we get to like get to know uh, our listeners and they get to know us. And, and so the first question is for Randy Hansen: Labor Day weekend traditions. Do you have one? I, I'm usually at work, so no. But <laughs> two years ago, my Labor Day was spent. I went to a wedding with Carly the day before not knowing that I didn't have to work five days the week of Labor Day because no one explained to me how full-time work started at my new job. So I went into work on Labor Day where the store is a ghost town because everyone's out you know, at barbecues and whatnot. And I'm extremely hungover and tired because you know it was a wedding and I went to bed at like 2.30 in the morning and got up to work at 7 a.m., uh, but usually it's just, you know, like a cookout at my parents or Carly's parents or whatever, a couple of drinks, hanging out with some people this year, roughly the same. As far as I understand, it's going to be clams, chicken stuff out on the grill and just seeing family mostly. So usually Labor Day, I think once you're past your, like your mid twenties, Labor Day weekend is usually a wedding weekend. So other than the pandemic, I honestly cannot remember a time where I wasn't going somewhere for a wedding on Labor Day. That's, I guess that's my tradition. I don't know. Uh, another question. Marvel has its what if series. What would you like to see a what if series about? <laughs> I, I, <laughs> it's I know funny. what you're going to say. What, what am I going to say? What if the Leafs weren't cursed? I won. The, the world would burn down, uh, to be quite honest. Um, <laughs> The Leafs misery fuels the NHL in the offseason, I think. So uh, a what if series. What if like I'd like to go back and see a lot of things for like my for the teams that I root for. What if they didn't trade Movon for nothing? What if um, Aston Villa wasn't owned by a con man for two years? What if Mark Bergman wasn't GM of the Canadians? There, there's so many potential things, especially with sports and how quickly things can branch off. Like, what if so-and-so didn't get serious? What if Max Petretti didn't get seriously injured in the 2011 going into the 2011 playoffs? Would the Bruins still win the Stanley Cup? We don't really know. So I, I definitely think it'd be a what if on, like, my sports teams. What if the uh, Habs had won the won the yeah what if the Habs had won the 2005 NHL draft lottery is always going to be mine oh um, man that'd be fun right uh Randy Hansen asks and I don't know if you know what this is so I'll have you guess and then um you can talk about uh whether or not you would want it uh I love both Tiger Stripe 
a maritime flavor and black cherry ice cream. Why does McDonald's only offer chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry flavor milkshakes when these outstanding flavors already exist? So I tiger stripe ice cream is that orange one with the like chocolate swirl through it from Chapman's, right? It in Canada it has licorice instead of it's orange, but it's licorice. It's black licorice. Yep. Well then throw it in the trash because black licorice is garbage. <laughs> I I don't that's why McDonald's doesn't do that because it belongs in the trash. Like I'm what sorry. Black Bla- cherry then. Black cherry I'm fine with. I, I've had black cherry ice cream and I like because I don't mind that because my dad always had black raspberry ice cream. So like black cherry was like not a huge leap from there, I guess. And I just like black cherry flavored things, I guess. But and that would taste pretty good as a milkshake, but uh, black licorice in ice cream is no, do not, no, absolutely not. It's surprisingly not. good. I, it sounds awful. And I, I don't really like ice creams that aren't like chocolate or caramel-ish. So it's, you know, I'm not, I'm not very big on anything that isn't like, like my favorite is either something brownie or chocolate chunk or like caramel swirls in it. But Tiger Stripe is surprisingly delicious, especially in the summer. I think it's like one of those things where like, it's don't knock it until you've tried it. But I also said that about pickles and, and you made a face and then I got the rest of your pickles. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the i guess he's talking about the pandemic but he says will this nightmare ever end uh you're gonna have to specify which nightmare is it the everything on fire or is it the everything underwater nightmare because um i'm losing track of all of them right now or just the you know the the plague that's killing everybody uh we've got one question before our nemesis question this one is from our friend andy who we adore and this was a question that he asked us last week but it was a fun and still applicable question and i forgot to ask it last week so it's you are going on a road trip room in the car for three current canadians who are you bringing and why um petrie edmondson and oh this is tough i kind of wish thomas tatar was still on the team because that would be my third choice but i think it would be petrie edmondson and then david savard i would just go all three defensemen um and he wants to know why i I one because i think they're gonna have the best stories like david savard played for torts so like I mean, <laughs> you, you got to kind of find out. He played in Tampa on the Stanley Cup team. Joel Edmondson played on a Stanley Cup team. Uh, Jeff Petrie endured part of the Oilers' hellscape for part of his career. There's got to be a million different stories that they could tell out of that. And I think it'd be the most fun without being like the Gen Z Zoomers where you have like Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield bouncing around like they ate seven pixie sticks before they got in the car. So. <laughs> I am going to go with Carrie Price and Shea Weber for the reasons that they're both extremely rich, uh, seem to be generous with their money, uh, also can hunt and fish, and they're very quiet, so they won't be annoying. Um, And then either Nick Suzuki or Cole Caulfield, both of which would be extremely energetic, which I would find annoying as a driver uh, or just a person in general. (laughs) I like people to be chill, Uh, but I know that they both wash their hands. Like I have evidence that they both wash their hands. So either one of those (laughs) is allowed in my car. (laughs) That's entirely fair. It's like, I could just imagine the road trip with Shea Weber and Carey Price is just quiet. And then just one of them goes cow. And you just keep driving and that's it for like another three hours until you see cows again. And then the other one goes cows. 
and just that's right. it. That's the entire road trip. You have Caulfield just in the back, like cows, like a, <laughs> like an excited puppy over and over and over again. <laughs> With his face pressed against the glass and it like, and then, oh my God, that would be so fun. Also, if we ever encounter a bear, then, you know, one of Shea Weber and Carrie Price can take care of it. If we need food, <laughs> they can fish or hunt. Uh, yes. probably cook as well so see like i'm very very practical uh and, and we have a final question from our nemesis and the question is what are your favorite and least favorite two-dimensional shapes um i hate will so much um i'm going to say my favorite shape is the triangle because it is practical it is the best way to build a bridge too um my least favorite is a parallelogram only because I hated geometry when I was in school and parallelograms were a big part of that. So I know whatever I pick is wrong in Will's eyes anyways. So what, what do I know? Well, he was railing against triangles earlier. So I'm going to pick that one as my favorite. Um, and then I think maybe an octagon is going to be my least favorite just because why why do we need eight sides to anything because reasons um that's all of our questions laura that's all of our questions unless i forgot you and then you could yell at me or if you're like andy you won't yell at me you'll be very gracious and i will feel terrible but i will ask your question next week and as always if you want to send us more questions we are at lo underscore canadians on twitter or locked on canadians at gmail.com you can follow laura at the active stick and you can follow myself at scott matla and if you enjoyed this podcast please check out locked on bets we're betting on any league team or sport doesn't have to be a guessing game it's hosted by your boy q and handicapping expert lee sterling you can get daily picks blowout special wrong team favorite picks and the lock of the day Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts.